Episode 78, Insights on Leading in the Corporate World. Welcome to the story in your head. I'm Ron Macklin. And today, Deb and I dive into the fundamentals on how to lead in the corporate world, how to create a safe space for mistakes, learning, and growth within a team, and explore the first step everyone must take, how to lead yourself. morning, Deb. Good morning. What's our topic for today? Leading leaders. What does that mean? Leading leaders. Oh, I mean, what does that mean to you? It's funny. When I have worked with some great leaders and part of leading leaders to me means getting out of their way. And, and I think about, <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot because so many times people want to bring up certain people as leaders, like they want to select their leaders. And what I have noticed in the past is that some of the best leaders I've ever worked with go kicking and screaming into the role. <laughs> or or they, it's, not, it's not something that they think they are ready for. But there's one prerequisite that I notice, and this is required to be a good leader as they care and they care about people around them. And what I've noticed is those people make the absolute best leaders because they're concerned about others and their careers and what they're doing. And, and so leading leaders, I'm getting back to your question. It's really about helping identify who are those people that can amplify their skills, can amplify the skills of the entire company or the entire organization, but can do so in a way that they care about others. And leading them is, to be honest, pretty easy. I mean, what do you think, Ron? Well, I, I, I'd love to say it was easy. So I'll start out with most people uh, who I've worked with and talked with who are great leaders, like I met them and worked with them and they are great leaders. I ask them all the, the very same question. So if you could find somebody to follow and your life would work out, would you follow them? And the answer is always yes. Mm-hmm. And I go, so why are you a leader? He goes, because I can't find that person. Oh, interesting. Like I, I found I had to go take on the role. It's similar to the reluctant leader that you were talking about, the people who don't really want to do it. I, I think the reason that I didn't really want to go do it I mean, I can remember the first time I was a leader was in playing a game of football, and I was just happy to play my position. The problem was we weren't winning, and so I, I wanted to win. So I had to take on the role of a leader on the field so that we could win. Like that's I, I, why we did it. I didn't want to be a captain. I didn't want to be at that space. I was just I enjoyed the game. That was what I'd love to do, and that's base. I think the fundamentals are the same for for leading leaders. So I'm going to start with the first place is like. The first place anybody is going to lead is to lead themselves, mm-hmm. right? And you have to care about your future. You got to care about your life and the people that are around you. And then you create stories in your head that shape your ability to go produce a situation in the future. And many times that's as simple as that's what the future is going to look like. Like I, you constitute it, you create it, you 
imagine it into the world, and then you go, okay, so now how do I figure out how to do that? I got to figure out how to do it. And you got to run experiments. You got to try things on. You got to talk to other people. But you're still just an individual performer leading yourself. Mm-hmm. You are leading mm-hmm. yourself to get there. And then there comes a moment when somebody says, oh, you're, you're pretty good at this. And then our inside voice or our scared self goes, no, I'm not. And they go, but we need you to lead this project or this team or this something. And so now you go, well, leading myself is like, I want, I want to accomplish this thing. I got to figure out how to do it. I got to talk to people how to do that. But now I'm responsible for other people. And, and like, oh, dude, I don't know. I don't want to want to do that. That's, that's, that's <laughs> danger. Hard. No. Yep. And if we, if we, if, we, if I screw it up, I, I don't just screw up me. I screw up them. Right. And so there's a, there's a social pressure. There's a self pressure you put on yourself when you start to lead other people. Right. And, and so now you got, you got to know what they care about. You got you know, their families, their, the people in, in, in their lives. What are they trying to accomplish? What is a good life to them? You get to know them. Like you get to know who they are. And then you can, you know, and I use the the picture, the metaphor where you kind of imagine your little fingers coming together and they kind of start to, like a zipper, your fingers come together. You you build these connections with those people where like, oh, what's your family like? What do you want to do in your career? And you just keep doing this until all of a sudden, like it's, you're connected. You have this relationship on multiple different directions and then you're letting them create and you create a vision of where you want to go, but they create how you get there. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. It's rewarding. And you can accomplish some amazing things. No matter what your field is, it's the being a leader and a follower in that space. And also you're looking for where are they the leader and you're the follower. Mm-hmm. Cause the mm-hmm. moment, the moment you can, cause like fundamentally we're still looking around going, if I could find somebody to follow. I would. Right. And those people that you follow may be the people that you're leading and they may take over and lead and you follow them. So now we've we led ourselves and now we've led individual performers. And then there's a moment when everything's like fun and happy and they're really good at this. You enjoy it. Your teams are setting world records or whatever you're doing. Right. And then somebody knock, you know, comes up and, you know, knocks on the door and goes, okay, great. Now we, we want you to run like these five projects. Because you've been so good. Because you've been so good at this, right? And inside you're going, oh, hell no, we're not going to do that, right? I don't want to take on other stuff. Look at all those, all the responsibility, all those people. I'm not qualified. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not space. And then you look around, just like I did when I was playing football a long time ago. There's nobody else to do it. And you go, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And now it's a different game. Because it was before where you were getting to know the people. And you could connect what they care to to the project, right? Now it's different because you're leading leaders who lead people, mm-hmm. right? And then it's no longer is about just what, what do they want to create or what they want to do. It's you start to get into the stories of how you connect to people. Like you're teaching people how to do what you were doing. So you're getting to know the people, what do they care about? And then I, you also practice the skill of what is the vision going to look like? No longer are you saying this is the vision. You say, here's the big vision, but what's your group vision? What does that look like? It's yours to create. You have to shape that. Create a story about how your group will be successful. Create what the success looks like. Create what all the, the financials and the human resource part, all those things, you got to create what those look like. 
and share that story over and over and over and over and over again. And they're going like, but I just really kind of like doing my job. And I go, I know, it's not fun, is it? No, it's not fun. And they go, and there's not that much more money. Right, there's not much more money. I mean, when you become a leader, you go, sometimes you give up over time, sometimes you give up some of the space off, and you really give up that when you walk out the door, you can kind of like clock out. Because now you're caring about people, you're caring about Mm -hmm. what they're doing, you're caring about the organization, and now you're helping them to develop the skill called leading. So now you're building your skill to help other people build their leadership skill, which is not taught, at least wasn't taught when I went to school, wasn't taught in engineering school, wasn't taught in business school, Mm -hmm. and MBA. None of that stuff was taught on how to do that that I ever found. And you're helping them develop their skill to allow other people to follow them and to know when to follow others. And it's a completely different domain. And it's, it's more fundamental than any domain that we will ever study, engineering, financial, marketing, graphics, writing, any of that stuff, much more fundamental because you use it everywhere in life, whether it be your family, it be a community job, community space, whether it be your work, whether it be in a government job or a government space working with that. Even when you go to the DMV, you can lead people who are leading others. And as a world that how to help them see this that they couldn't see before. Yeah, it's th- there were a few things in there I want to unpack because so we started with leading yourself. And so when you're leading others, leading them to learn how to lead themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is part of it. Yep. And then you talked a little bit about the <laughs> the reluctant leader. Mm-hmm. Oh hell no! What if I what if I screw up other people, or what if what if I do something that will impact their lives? That inner voice, I think, is so powerful for someone to have those thoughts. Because again, I'm going to go back to care. If if they don't care about other people, that's not even a thought to them. What if I screw up other people? It's like because I, I have also seen people who wanted to be leaders. Who, well, if that guy's getting a promotion, I need a promotion. Oh, have you ever let other people? No, but, you know, it can't be that hard. And they were just in it for, like, it was more money or whatever. It was a higher role, but they weren't in it for, I care about the people. And so it's that inner noticing of, oh, man, these people's lives are now intertwined with mine. And I have a real responsibility here to help take care, not just of myself and my family, but of others now. Mm-hmm. But I, I, when I hear you talk about that, I think what a wonderful opportunity. Like what a wonderful opportunity. It's the common, to, to look at a leader, like they don't show fear, right? They, they look like they got it all together. They, they know where they're going. And it looks easy. In general, leaders are not out there sharing their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But when you share the story of, oh, you want to be a leader, so you want to care about all these people that are under you, and you want to be able to be responsible for everything that they're doing, because the leader is responsible for like all the all the people on his team, and 
not telling them what to do, but helping them grow and become, right? And that's where the people who really want to be a leader, they just want the money or the promotion, they, that's when they go, uh, I'm out, I'm out, right? And what it costs uh, as an individual to be a leader, the time, the, the continuously thinking about the people, the heartache and that when people like perform or don't perform or have life situations, take them out. And you really begin to feel like what connected to the, all the people, that part of it is a part of being a great leader. And when you share that with people who just want a promotion or more money or their ego says, I should be that because they're that, Mm -hmm. that's when they'll start to bow out. They, They don't, they don't really want that. That's not their space. Now, many people do get promoted. I want that job. And they go, you're pretty good at your job. And so we'll promote you to the next level. And then you have somebody in there that just wants to tell everybody what to do because that's the way they do. They just tell themselves what to do. So they'll tell other mm-hmm. people what to do. That's how you end up with a toxic work environment, right? Uh, people start, to, my metaphor is they start to turtle up, right? They're not being vulnerable. They're not open. They're just waiting to be told what to do. And then their story is, well, I don't have to, I don't have any risk here because, you know, he told me to do it this way. She told me yeah. to do it this way. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Right? You want neck me to do this down, way? right? Neck, neck down. Yep. Neck down. Neck down. You, my favorite is the, the coupling bolt and to hear a coupling bolt, now it's a two thirty ton turbines connected to this coupling bolt. So when, when you hit the, hit the colt bolt and it's three inches in diameter and when you hit it, it rings to the whole turbine building. Dong. Right. And they're just hitting them just, just like crazy. Cause they're going like neck down, dude. I just, I'm a neck down guy and they know it's wrong. But it's not their fault because they're being told what to do. They don't have to think about it because it's not, nope, it's, nope. it's not my responsibility. And that's how, that's how to stay average. That's how to stay, you know, someday below average, I'm, I'm hoping. But it's safe. But it's not much fun. You don't get to bring yourself to the game. You don't get to be all in. You don't get to create. There's no self-satisfaction in that. You get a paycheck and you go home. Where? When people care about the people that work for them, when people enable others to contribute to the situation, because you're setting a picture where you want to go, and then your leaders that work for you take that picture and divide it up and share it with their people and what, how they fit into it, and everybody feels that they're contributing to the same team, the same goal, the same direction, and then they accomplish something. There's a sense of esteem and ego and worth and value that no paycheck can give you. And you still get a paycheck. You still can take care of your family. But now there's a space where you can't wait to get back to work. Mm-hmm. And when you when people come in like saying, I can't wait to get back to work, that's a good life. It's a fun life. Yeah. And it requires leaders who will lead other leaders in the organization to produce space for people to contribute. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You want to learn how to build authentic connections faster, or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection. My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection. And in our workshops, we teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at MacklinConnection.com.
So I listened. I, I I'm listening prerequisites, right? I'm and and the prerequisite I heard that you talk about was believing in others, mm-hmm. like believing in them, and from all levels of the organization, right? If you're leading leaders, to believe in the leaders that you are working with to be able to solve the hard problems. And if not, you can be that sounding board for them to help. But then for them to also demonstrate that to their, I don't know, people in their charge, I guess. Their followers. Their followers. Yeah. That they can believe in them. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bring me much joy if someone tells me what to do and how to do it and I do it. It's like, I followed instructions. Like that doesn't really bring me much joy. But when I am given something hard to do, a challenge, and I can think of a new way, invent a new way to do that and complete that. Yeah, no one can take that joy away. Like, wow, I did that. Yeah, it's it's not just the joy that you get. And you do get the joy, there's no doubt. But every time you and a team or every time somebody creates something new, it gives space for somebody else to create something new. Yeah. And then that person builds on it and then somebody else creates something new. Right. And the the, the best example I have of this that's ready to hand is we, we set out to take what normally takes around 25 days and we're going to do it in 15 days. Right. And we were going to stretch ourselves and get down to 13 days. And then, but we engaged everybody. Everybody was in the middle of coming up with ideas and thinking through this and how to create. I mean, every person on the entire turbine deck was doing the same thing, right? And at 11 days, they were done. I mean, it wasn't just that they had fun doing it. They built off of each other. They added things to it. Other people would add on to it. And then there's this momentum that's building and creating and coming up with new ideas. And then at 11 and a half days, they finished the project. Four and a half days faster, which is like, what, 30% faster than it had ever been done before. And the question was, they may get hurt. Were you rushing? Were you trying to get done too fast? No. No rework. Unit ran. Everything was good. And when you start to enable people to create new stuff, and it's fun to do, but it opens up new spaces for other people to create on top of that. And that's when new creation starts. As an organization, you can go much faster and much farther than any one of the group can go. And that's the fun part of, of being a leader of leaders is watching people create and go where they thought they couldn't go. And part of that is, and a fundamental part of that is, is believing in people. Not, I believe in all of you, except for that one person right there. I don't like that person. I don't believe in him. No. <laughs> Even the ones that can be the naysayers or the, the whatever they are, to believe in them, that they, that they really do care about what you're doing and that they're in there to help. And when somebody finally has declared that they don't belong because they kept saying, this is not ever going to happen. I'm not going to do it. This is crazy. just stupid. You guys are going to get somebody killed, whatever that is. It's when you say, I think you need to go find another team. Yeah. It's interesting. You've, you triggered me to think about, you, you talked about creating a space, like creating a space. I was reading the other day in a book called Deliberate Calm, like the number one predictor of team performance is psychological safety, is the the leader creating a space where people can genuinely be themselves and care, even if that means conflict, right? Because you said conflict, people can be in conflict and that can be great, right? Because they care, they're passionate, they want 
you know, they want to find answers together. They're not all nodding their head yes in the same <laughs> direction when someone speaks. And and I think about that a lot in terms of building a space of psychological safety where people can come and say, you know, I really screwed up. I really screwed up. And to allow them a space to take responsibility for that, but also to say, great, what did we learn? Let's, okay, what are we going to do different next time? How do we build that space? Being a demonstration of it. Yeah, there's two, two, uh, two distinctions for a leader. One is there's three people running a race and the person in front is a leader, mm-hmm. right? Three people walking down the hallway, the person in front is the leader. And the second one is the the person, the leader is the one who basically other people follow. So it's kind of the same, mm-hmm. but not really, because one's like a storytelling and he may not be walking down the hallway at all, right? But you see those two people walking or running. And as a leader, and you want people to be vulnerable, you have to go first. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I'm going to call it a, an image from, I don't know, a culture, an image from our history that says the, the leader is, is perfect. Like leader, that's why, that's why he's the leader. Or that's mm. why she's the leader is they're perfect, right? They know what they're doing, right? And never pass up a moment for a, as a leader, specifically leader of leaders, to admit when you screwed up. Because mm-hmm. the moment you do that, it's really not about what you screwed up, although it'll feel like that when you're saying it. <laughs> Right, you go. Ooh, don't want to say this right now, but here goes. It's really about creating that space that everybody else can do that too. You're setting a standard that it is okay to say I screwed up. Yeah, but not just that. What to learn? Like, how do we learn from it? How do we learn? And you know, I also notice my own own history. Right, there's a way to say and be vulnerable and then make it all perfect in the end. Like, <laughs> well, here's where I screwed everything up, but I learned this. So it was really good. <laughs> right. And then everybody goes, Oh God, that means if I screw something up, I got to make it really good or else mm. I shouldn't be telling anybody. No, no, you got to go, here's where I screwed it up. And then shut up for five years. Look for help. Go, what do you guys think we should do? What's up? What do you, new thoughts, new spaces, but, being vulnerable doesn't mean you solved it all by yourself and you're just telling the story of the journey you went through on your own. No, it's you're, you're showing up as you made it, you made an error, you're being vulnerable and let it sit out there that you are not the one who has to solve it. The team can pull together and solve it. And that way it becomes safe for people to talk about when they're screwing up. They don't go like, oh, I screwed up. Let me, let me hide that. I got to hide it. I yeah. Gotta hide, I got to hide mm-hmm. that. Oh no, I got to hide that. Right. And this is true with, people who are individual performers. And this is true for people who are leading people. So as a leader of leaders, the mistakes are different. It's not, it's not tactical, right? It's or strategic. It's fundamental. Leading humans in the world is not taught. So people are going to make mistakes, right? And, and, and to give space for them to say, I just did this. I, and I don't know what to do. You know, great. Let's talk about it. Right. Not to judge or, or chastise or, any of that stuff, but to give everybody an opportunity to learn from it. And we come up with some really good ideas that are better than we would have had if it was just one person mm-hmm. telling everybody what to do. Or a group of people who always agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Got that. Yeah. So, so you make it seem a little bit less easy 
than I thought it was at the beginning of this conversation. It's how it appears to me is so fundamental to letting the people who do care be leaders. It's not easy. It's simple, Hmm. right? But all your fears will come out in your head and they'll dance around like a little party about all the things that you're screwing up as you become a leader of leaders. But that's part of the, the game because for every fear you've got, everybody else that you're working with has the same fears. And to be able to work with that means you have to be like, how do I say, psychologically tough enough to let your fears out, mm-hmm. to not be perfect, and to be open to getting help from who knows where. And that's, that's the power of leading leaders, and it can be a blast, but not in the sharing of all those fears and being in that space and being authentic. It's when you see people do things that even they thought they couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And even in first reflection, you said, I don't know how we're going to do that, but I believe in you guys. I believe in everybody in this team. Then you create something that's way beyond what you think is possible. And that's fun. Well, and, and you made me think about, too, not just noticing that we're in a difficult situation we've never been in before, but when you do, when the team does have the accomplishment, like sincere gratitude, not just, you know, oh, here's a check. Here, here's a check because you did that. It's like sincere gratitude too. Yeah. I mean, the check would be great, but sincere gratitude for them being able to solve a really difficult problem that you hadn't been solved before, had never been done, a world record, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's like some of my favorites are world records are always fun because you can you know talk about them and everybody goes, Ooh, world record, what's that? But we, we went like 5 million man hours without a lifetime injury. And we didn't celebrate that we went 5 million man hours without a lifetime injury. We celebrated that it had been so long since we had had a lost time injury, nobody remembered how to do it. Oh, like wow. nobody, nobody knew where the paperwork was. The, the systems had changed, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. We got together. Everybody's going like, we don't, we don't know how to do this. I'm like, wait, isn't that pretty cool? I mean, it's been so long. Systems have changed, and we celebrated. Like we talked about it. Like, did we, we give out checks? No, we just talked about it and laughed and and went on and we went. Right back to the game. It was a great moment. Yeah. The accomplishment of what everybody was producing. That's great. So, yes. And that's the another thing to, there's always the easy stuff like, you know, leaders always eat last and all that kind of stuff. It's it's much more important to for leaders to speak what other people are accomplishing to the world. Mm-hmm. And I mean like to them who are accomplishing it in that space. Because as the visionary is looking to where you're going to go and how you're going to produce that, you're also sharing where, like a history of where we're gone and to tell those stories because those stories will live longer than you. They will, be, they will become the standards. They will become what is now ex, like the expectation of the, of the organization when you tell those stories, which is cool and fun. That's awesome. So, Ron, I know this is the time where we do something a little bit lighter. Okay. So I am going to ask you, what is your favorite current show okay when you mean current current you mean like it, it's yeah, being, the last being, five years maybe oh well since we're on leading leaders right i'm gonna go with the chosen and now it's a retelling of jesus's life through modern technology of film right but to watch him lead 
the disciples who are leading others, right? And the the fear, the unknown, the not understanding, the believing in them and in that space, it's very relevant to what we're doing. And I just really enjoy watching that story come to life in a way I can keep it in my head. So I, I think it's a, it's a phenomenal leadership story. That's awesome. Deb, what's your favorite show right now? Yeah, I know I probably had this answer before, but when I thought about leading leaders, it's Ted Lasso. Yeah. And I think about, I think about the scene where they all have a book, right? They're, they all get a book in their locker. <laughs> Ted has planted a book and Roy Kent gets a wrinkle in time. And Roy's salty language, you know, he was a leader and Ted and Coach Beard recognized that, but Roy didn't recognize it in himself until he's reading, <laughs> reading a wrinkle in time with his, with his niece in, in a bunk bed, you know, with sparkly <laughs> stuff around. And of course, yeah, his, his standard, we will, we'll, we'll take it out yep. here, but his standard response was, yeah, he realized it <laughs> yeah. in his way. Well, the, the, the scene that's right before that where, where Trent goes, oh, it's a lovely book, right? About a girl's dealing with leadership. A little girl's dealing with leadership, right? <laughs> and Roy looks at Ted and goes, am I supposed to be the little girl? He goes, well, I'm hoping you'll be. I'd like you to be. <laughs> I'd like you. <laughs> that is so funny. And yeah, and then the amazing part was when Roy gets it. Yeah, very cool. Yep, and that was a great example of leading leaders. Yeah. And that responsibility that comes with that. And that's why there was the F word dropped so Roy <laughs> Kentish long as he realized all the things he would have to do and be to help the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It is awesome. Very good. Well, thanks, Rob. Thanks, this Deb. was fun. It was fun. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. At Macklin Connection, we believe making authentic connections with others can literally change your world. We invite you to share this podcast with one person that you care about. Maybe it's someone you haven't spoken with in a really long time and you'd love to reconnect. Or maybe it's the first person that popped into your head when you listened to this podcast because you thought it would be perfect for them. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>